Hi Revive Stronger listeners, I want to take a moment of your time to make you aware of a very special event we are running shortly. On the 14th of July, Mike Isretel and Jared Feather from Renaissance Periodization will be joining us in London for a single day seminar covering the scientific principles of advanced hypertrophy. To purchase a ticket, see the link in the description box of this podcast episode. It will be amazing to see you there. As a listener of the podcast, we can guarantee you will absolutely love the exclusive content that will be presented at the seminar, going deep into things such as structuring your mesocycles nutritionally with your training as well to optimize muscle growth, plus extensive Q&As. So don't miss out. Get your ticket today. Hi guys, welcome to the Revive Stronger podcast. I'm your host as always, Steve Hall, and I am happy to be joined by Ryan Doris today. Um, I think a lot of the listeners will be aware of Ryan, or at least if you're watching on YouTube, you might recognize Ryan. Um, He is someone who's been in kind of our little niche of kind of the followers of the podcast very much into like 3dmj those sort of people and so ryan has been and he's a natural pro bodybuilder and he's been in that scene and that's where i kind of found him through kind of eric helms and 3dmj and kind of looking through their stuff and then ryan's name popped up because he is a very competitive natural bodybuilder um, and has done incredibly well with that I also then learned about Ryan more so when he had some kind of work with DeNovo, um, where he was the kind of co-owner there and has recently more so moved towards Fortis EQ, which is his kind of company right now, uh, which is really exciting. He's producing some great work. He has a marketing BS. He has a master's in business administration and in international management. So there's a lot of kind of, um, I mean, knowledge. I mean, if you've got a master's, if you've got a BS, you've obviously invested in a lot of education um, and that makes just more knowledge is always better and you can apply it so many ways. So I find that very interesting. Um, As I said, he's competed as a pro natural bodybuilder. He also transitioned more recently. Well, not even that recently. He's been a powerlifter and a very competitive powerlifter for a very long time now and has done really well in that arena too. Um, He's just a great athlete in general. Um, Is there anything you'd like to add to that, Ryan? That's That's the most I've got on you really. No, I mean, and shout out to my mom for supporting all that all these years. That's, <laughs> that's that's really about all I got to add to that. That was good. Thank you. No, no worries. And I'm excited because you're currently in, I don't know how many weeks out you're now from shows or how many weeks so, in. I think there's like 20 weeks yeah, or so. Yeah, it's a, it's a range right now. So uh, I, I've generally done two to three shows as my cap. So this year I'm going to try four. Cool. Um, so I'm going to, I think the first one is in within 20 weeks and the last one, I, I don't know. I think 27. I'm not sure. I really don't. I should know. I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's, it's, it's within 10 weeks. I know the first and the last one are within 10 weeks of each cool. other. So no, I yeah. think it, I think it's quite healthy that you don't know. And I always find it funny when people are like, <laughs> don't know, 97 weeks out from my show. And I'm a bit like, how do you even know that that's not like, that's 97 weeks. That's a long, yeah, long time. You know what, you know what, man, I'm a, so I've, so I was, I think I've learned a lot from powerlifting so i so 2012 was the last time i competed in natural bodybuilding um and then in this 2018 currently in that space i was competing in raw powerlifting with some of the best there and i found um one thing that i i noticed about powerlifters is that they're they're mentally different because they are 
statistically, I guess on average, they're more of a well-fed group. Like literally, yeah. That's not that's not a deep statement. They're just a well-fed group, right? And so, like, you learn a lot of these lax behaviors, like in a surplus from a lot of these lifters. And so, I guess some of those traits have carried over back to bodybuilding. And I just don't know how many weeks out I am. I'm just I just don't have that uh that same romanticism going in and killing myself, right? Because like you learn these principles in powerlifting training that when you come back over, it's just like, dude, just work hard. Look at the data week to week. Um, and I mean, I still got bills to pay, you know, I still got to work, right? Like I, I got to work. And so it's, it's a little different this time. It's very detached. Uh, I feel like I have no heart uh, in it. I feel like I'm not very passionate about it, but I'm doing better than I've ever done wow. because of that. And it's going well, like, yeah so that's really good because i think and kind of refreshing to hear because i think a lot of people see i don't know someone like just someone who comes to mind is like gary v and he's all about grind and putting in the work and going all in on one goal and being almost obsessed with it so almost the fact that you've detached yourself from that goal has allowed you to move further towards it in some ways i think it's a i think it's like well i think everything gary v says is correct but i think at this point like i'm dude i'm 30 years old right like i didn't get here by not doing that like so the the work is a foregone conclusion so talking about hard work just to me at this point it's of course it's it's the thing it's the thing that you have to do more than anything so um it'd be like every day waking up to me and talking about how much you got to breathe every day like yeah it's it's old like we get it like you have, you have to breathe every day you have to work hard every day so for me at this point i feel like uh i'm not without that passion without without that ro- romanticism to it i also have nothing to lose like mm-hmm. when i did love it so much um i was afraid i was like well if i don't lose exactly this this week or well i don't want to eat this less amount of calories like i was more afraid because i loved it so much i was so attached to it dude like if i had to eat two grams of carbs i'd be like all right i mean i guess i gotta do what i gotta do right like if i have to die and i'm just like all right well this is what the process calls for so i feel like the process and i are eye to eye there's no there's no middle opinion of uh how much i love this or how much i want to be tied i'm just doing what i need to do to the maximum every day mm-hmm. and I, I feel very professional about this uh, this year and this approach. So, I mean, we'll see how it goes. I might lose talking all this shit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, it may not work, but I'm I'm going with how I feel for right now. So, no, I think that's that's nice because I do, I quote that kind of reminds me of from um, Jeff Alberts when he was on the show. I think he said, um, "Experience cures anxiety." Yeah, you've been there, done that. You kind of and when we talk about, I don't know, if you ever get someone approaching you, it's like, how do you stay motivated for the gym? And it's like, well, that's not even something that comes into you. That's not even on your radar. Uh, motivation mm-hmm. isn't even, it's just, you do it. It's just something you do do. Yeah. Um, and I think, um, I think a lot of younger competitors than I did when I was young, um, I use, I, I use this as my drug, like meaning that I think a lot of young people see success and they attach it to, the emotion of uh, I'm going to go for greatness. I'm going to go for excellence. When in fact, greatness and excellence is one of the more boring things, right? There's not many many highs and lows associated with it. It's just doing the same thing consistently over and over. And for me, it's really come down to saying, all right, I am I'm human. I can pick maybe three or four things that I can be at 
that can, I can be good at at one time in my life. So what is that? Doing com- competing, um, being like a de- a decent friend, having time in my day to to, to talk to people, um, and being a coach full time and making some content. Like other than that, I don't have unless I have employees. I don't I don't have much more than I can do. So I, I think excellence itself is just saying, all right. I'm picking four things and I have no idea what else is going on. Like I have no clue what's going on in the Marvel movie world. I have no clue what's going Like I have no idea what else is going on. Like I'm trying to be really good at these things. And the more time I spend actually just doing them without highs or lows, the more the, the emotional, the mo- like the emotional feelings just kind of smooth out because it is my new reality, right? Mm-hmm. Living in that reality. So I'm not using it for my endorphin rush. I'm not using it for my, um, excitement to feel like I'm great. I'm just doing the thing and being it, which is much simpler. So, so does that mean you haven't seen Infinity Wars, or do you even know it's out? <laughs> so, uh, like like a lot of people, um, I got sucked back into the Marvel universe with through Black Panther, um, and I think the new one that's coming out, Captain Marvel, is going to be oh, big yeah. too. It's just like it's just going to be like. There's been obviously female leads, but I think this is going to be like a huge female lead. So like, um, I, I say, I don't know what's going on <laughs> because I just found out what's going on. Like I literally just looked up the statistics on like how much money this thing is making. Okay. Right. Um, and I saw how much these films are making over and over and I'm just like, Whoa. And so like I, I saw Black Panther, then I saw Marvel, uh, the infinity wars and i was so goddamn lost that i was like and i read this like stupid like buzzfeed article it's like how to watch marvel movies <laughs> in order and oh, it started yeah. with, like dude and then like i literally have a list of like pfft, not the x-men movies just the universe movie like and i'm just gonna watch it i don't know when so like i maybe i'm at right now i'm watching about 15 minutes a day um and I can like I'll eat then I'll watch like 15 20 minutes then I'll be like all right I get to get some stuff done so I'm getting through the Thors um it's good man it's good but you what you know it's odd is that I've, I've been watching these slowly albeit but realizing like okay it's the same thing over and over it's like yeah. some evil force and then the good has to fight the evil and then it's like really an analogy for life right and it's why I don't feel so emotional about this prep it's because there will always be some evil force, some evil resistance. There will always, like, there's always some bad guy over and over and over. That's what all these movies are about. And I'm like, dude, that's my life, right? Like, so why should I get so emotional and up in arms if I know that there's always going to be some bad guy to try to come and sabotage what I want? So it's like, you should just handle it professionally every time it comes. No different than S.H.I.E.L.D. or Avenger does. You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, that's the nerdiest thing I ever said. But... <laughs> but there's some merit to it it's like the evil never stops bro so why get emotional and feel like i have to flare up my chest and say i'm gonna go hard and grunt yeah you're gonna have to do that until you die until you pass out so um i learned a lot from these 15 minute movie intervals if you can't tell (laughs) (laughs) i'm super impressed you can keep yourself to just 15 minutes and then shut it off that's dude you know what it is i'm greedy (laughs) because i see so like I, I see people, I'm motivated by people's work. So like the the first exchange we had, I think the first thing I said to you was, holy shit, you've done a good job with this podcast. Like 
if I, I'm so impressed by people's ability to do a body of work. I think that to me is something that's always appealed to me to see good work done over a consistent amount of time. So when I see someone do good work, I'm like, I, I always want to leave. Right. So like I'll even go to like a concert. So like, I remember I went to a J Cole concert years ago. Like, um, I was in college still and he just, it was before he was really big and I just just like I was so proud of him how well everyone there knew his songs and like dude I went to a Paul McCartney concert and dude like I wanted to run out like I want that it's like <laughs> I'm so proud I'm so proud of what he's done or I'm so proud of what this person has done it's like that's motivating to me yeah. right so it's like when I watch greatness even if it's a movie or and I'm just like man, these people have done a good job. And after like 20 minutes, I start itching and I'm like, let me go work on my thing. Like, let me go build my thing a little more. So that's why I can keep it down because I just get motivated. It's like, that was amazing scene. Like, how do they do that? And, you know, so that's how I do it. That's the secret. That's really cool. That's a perspective on it that I would have never really thought about. Um, I guess it's like when you see people as a competitor, they can either drive you to work harder or you can kind of just focus or you can focus on yourself or it can make you work less hard and you feel like you're going to yeah. do worse i think you did a, a video and i don't know if this relates to the kind of the, the vitamin w video um yes. where you're talking about kind of natural versus force work um and outworking i thought that was fantastic i don't know if you want to kind of talk to what vitamin w is um yes yeah, so, so i think i think it's just like a. there's this there's this always this uh back and forth I think with most people in the Western world between um, your work your work you and then your I don't know escapism you and so we see this uh, every Monday morning people are like oh Mondays don't talk to me until I have my call right they have to switch we as people have to switch back into our work character every Monday or every day or something like that. And I think people have two lives. They have their life that is escapism and they're free to do what they want. And then they have their life that is work. I think I'm lucky enough and a lot of people are lucky enough to find some type of work that makes you feel free, right? So like when I would do client work, I don't exactly feel free, right? It doesn't like feel like I'm liberated. Um, but there are some things I'm doing. So like I'm writing a training ebook right now for instance, just a free book, nothing, nothing big. Um, and I feel liberated when I do it, right? I'm working, but I'm also getting my escapism in one, right? So, so I think that vitamin W is like, how can you find work that feels like it's just as fun as watching a Marvel movie, but it's also constructively good for you at the same time. You know what I mean? And so, or another form of escapism I have is going for a walk. It's still cardio, but, and it still adds to my purpose, but it's also escapism at the same time. So um, I think trying to merge those two have been uh, what's healthiest for me in my life. Like on a day-to-day -day basis, I feel most excited. I feel like I want to talk to people. Um, and it's a lot healthier than just like, you know, quick coffee or, or something to perk you up when you can just get get it get a natural high so no i like that and i can really relate to it in terms of kind of like free social media content like this podcast yeah. like i never mm -hmm. started it as it would be like a marketing scheme or like to get clients it was more how can i talk to people i want to talk to and kind of get more knowledge yeah. so um yeah. it, it does both for me there <laughs> 
It were and you know what? Because it, it'd be absurd if you were like, like if you would have emailed me and been like, "Hey, dude, can we get on the phone for an hour?" I'd be like, "No way!" Like it just wouldn't happen. Yeah. But if you're like, "Hey, can we just basically have the same conversation <laughs> we would have on the phone, but for a podcast?" You know, it's it's win win. So yeah, do uh, this is per- a perfect example. You've talked to some phenomenal, phenomenal people, and uh, you're doing that thing with uh, Mike. Uh, like you guys have some event or something like that. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, you guys are. You're winning right now, bro. Pat yourself <laughs> on the back. You're winning right now. See, I'm hot. You see how hyped I just got? <laughs> yeah. Dude, You're going like, to leave you the won't... podcast and uh, get on with your Don't own stuff. Don't do my own shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so actually, we also touched on something I did want to bring up. And I wanted to give a name to it so the listeners kind of knew what it was yeah. about. And you kind of talked about... You're focusing on, you're being quite specific about what you're focusing on. You've got a handful of things. And this relates to a video you also did that was kind of talking about the hierarchy of needs and to do with Maslow. And then you talked about the Jenga theory, which I really liked. Um, So kind of making, starting strong and then only removing certain pieces and trying to keep that kind of Jenga puzzle alive. Um, And I don't know if you want to talk about kind of, a lot of people talk about sacrifice during contest prep. Um, and whether you've got any kind of good kind of words of wisdom, I thought that was a great video. Yeah, uh, I I think that's that kind of ties back to the small comment that I said you have to pick like three or four things, and I think that's uh, so so like there's this there's this guy this super military American dude Jocko Willink Willink or something like that. I'm sure a lot of people have heard of him. Um he's hardcore. He's just too hardcore for me. Like I can't listen to him for more than like ten minutes. But he has this philosophy where he says discipline is freedom. Um and yeah. what he means by that is essentially like you're a slave to anxiety if you don't choose. Um and when you do choose you become free. Yeah. And I realize that life itself is just boring. Uh, like, I don't know if you look at the universe, right? It's based off, it's either this place is stable or this place is chaotic. Like that's, that is in short, like the universe that's Marvel. That's all every Marvel movie. Too, right? <laughs> like, and so it's like, um, every person to have some stability in their life needs a, needs a foundation. And so I think a lot of us haven't objectively identified what our foundation is. So for me, uh, that foundation may be expressing myself to a friend every day. And can I check that off my list every day? Or it may be, uh, you may wonder why you feel like shit during your workout. It's like you didn't even, you didn't drink a gallon of water today, right? That's, you didn't check that off your foundational list. Or um, do you feel alone? Well, maybe you didn't talk to your mom this week, right? And so I feel like we need to identify, like, what is my foundation to which I can build my church, to which I can build my 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 thing. And I feel like when people go into a contest prep or, or go into a goal of extremism, they forsake that entire foundation, right? So it's like the only reason you were able to work your way up to say, I want to self-actualize in, in the Maslow definition of self-actualization, meaning who is the highest version of Ryan? Like what's the highest version of myself? Like the only way you can climb to the mountain and say, what do I want to be is if you're able to actually climb to the mountain. Like, all right, like you have to have a foundation that you climbed on. So you base, you are healthy from Maslow perspective. You, mm-hmm. you eat every day, you drink every day, you're sleeping well, you have family, you have your social needs. Um, you have maybe good romantic life, like everything is good. And because you are healthy, 
your brain can relax and say, what is the highest version of me? And so I think people see the highest version of themselves and they think I'm going to chase that and totally give up sleep and they totally give up calling their mom and they totally get, they give up everything. And so now in turn, you are a, you are a slave to this thing, right? Like you no longer, like you have it, but at the cost of what it's like that Thanos, right? Yeah. Like, you have it, but at the cost of what? No, I'm not gonna give away spoilers. But, <laughs> but at, at literally, you can have what you want, but it's it's you're going to lose everything mm-hmm. to get it. And what's the point of just sitting, watching the sunrise if you got nothing? Thanos, you idiot. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I... everyone go see all these. Everyone needs to go see these Marvel movies. <laughs> um, so, so I I, I don't want to skip over the question you said. You said you said you want to give it a name. Uh, Repeat that. I, oh, no, I, sorry. I that was the name. So it was kind of like the hierarchy of needs. Just introducing oh, right. that okay, kind sorry. of concept to people. Because yeah. we kind of talked yeah. about the four things. And it was like, where does that come from? So those were like the four things you just need to get done. The foundation. And, I, and you know what? I think what's what's important, to, and what's important is that if you live in why I mentioned kind of a first world Western country, is that you don't realize how easy these things are. Uh, like... If I want tap water, if I want clean water, I just go to, I just literally turn my faucet. If I want hot water, it always works, right? And so, like, you don't realize how many foundational things are just put in place by the government and by the society you live in, right? Like, you don't have to worry about your threat of safety and and things like that. So, like, um, I think we take our foundation for granted and are totally willing to throw it away. But I think everyone needs to do that and go through that in their life. And totally feel like, uh, I guess the word would be when people feel lost or feel empty, it's because they don't have a foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's been my biggest thing at currently at my age is how do I, and it's again, it's why I feel so detached during this prep. I have such a strong foundation and such a strong base. Prep has no, it doesn't have any weight to me. The thing that has weight to me is can I enjoy my walks? Can I just drink water? Can I eat good food? Like my foundation means the world to me. Mm -hmm. And my self-actualization goal is just something I'm working on the best I can when I can. So, And I think some of the points you brought up in the foundation, I think some of us, well, some of the listeners will be like, oh yeah, it makes sense. Kind of, You need to start from a place of health in terms of your diet, eating plenty of calories. Um, I think even sleep for a lot of the listeners will be something that they think about. But you brought up kind of the relationships that social support and I think a lot of people don't realize the importance of that and uh, it's not only important getting through your prep but also when you finish it and kind of you've lost that goal that's allowed you to kind of let go of the social support potentially and then you've got no one around you to keep you going because potentially you detach them from the things and I think I don't know if you've ever in your previous preps experience where you kind of let that go um, and if you've got any kind of words of wisdom and how you've kind of managed it better this time around. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the reason why I took such a long break from bodybuilding is because I gave everything to achieve those goals. I, I'm speaking from experience, right? I've, I've, I've totally forsaken. Anyone can go. I don't care who you are. If you're not on my side, if you're not supporting me, then you're just out. You're either in or out. And that's how I always saw it. Um, and then it wasn't until maybe it was like three months after prep where I just felt like 
uh, this is in 2012, where I just kind of felt this like social hole in my life, like something was missing. And then ironically enough, uh, I was really into this uh, binging of like lockup, like, you know, when they show like people in jail and like that's sh- that's sh- I don't know if you guys have it there, but they have it here. And it's like it's, uh, it's like America's toughest prisons, oh, blah, yeah. blah, blah. And then they showed like the, the level five toughest things. And like after watching like a season of this, I realized that the worst punishment that my 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 government the people have said that i can give someone is isolation that's the wow, highest yeah. level of, of punishment in society right it's like we can't think of anything worse than that like even when you get put on death row they just isolate you until a random day they may kill you maybe 15 years 25 years whatever but the punishment is isolation right and so i thought you know i kind of put pieces together like why would i purposely give myself the harshest punishment yeah. No, known to civilization, right? It, it's it's the worst thing we have. They're all in jail by himself. So, um, I've realized this, right? There's a spectrum. So I may not be able to go to zero friends in a prep, but at least I can have outlets. And so, like, I've learned to have outlets now that are sometimes non, not not such a matter of proximity based because I think people say I need to find someone a training partner or someone there to understand things. so i think a lot of the times um any ex- any form of expression is therapeutic so sometimes having a journal right um me like kind of looking at my old self and thinking about how i felt last week helps me talking to the internet helps mm-hmm. right like i do those videos because I, I literally am by myself speaking to the camera like i'm not giving advice or lecturing I'm just talking yeah. to the camera. Like the camera is actually like my friend. <laughs> um, like, and then, right. And then like I put it out to the world and then I crowdsource people who feel similar to yeah. me. Right. Where I couldn't maybe find that to, in my neighbor. I couldn't find that in my best friend. So it's like you also, you can't hold people accountable when they don't understand. And that's the thing that I realized. I realized that sometimes people don't understand People understand up to their point of competence, right? Like if you want to be world champion, you statistically will be the only person currently who in the world who understands. You won. Like no one can do what you do. So I can't hold that against my girlfriend if she doesn't fucking get it. I can't hold that against my mom if she's like cooking chicken and oil talking about you want to (laughs) eat, right? Like I can't. And so like I used to hold these things against other people for not understanding my plight, my story and say like, fuck you. I just won't come back until this is over. And I've, I've just learned to not put, they're human. I can't put these expectations in friends and people in my life. And if I want to go on a journey by myself, I need to find larger ways to try to communicate. Sometimes that only person is myself in a journal or, or, or something like that. Sometimes it's the internet. Sometimes it's people who are in proximity. But I think you just need to know that it's going to be mostly alone in the understanding of it. The more unique you, the more unique your goal, your goal becomes. But total isolation, terrible idea. Yeah, I think so. bodybuilding is a really isolating sport. I mean, it's the most selfish sport, I, or if it is a sport even, Absolutely. Um, you can really think of. So yeah, I think. I think having the understanding that other people aren't going to understand it is a great thing to have. And, and I that's wonder, a hard thing to digest. Yeah. I think. Um, 
I still find it hard when I go to my parents and I'm talking macros or something and they still don't get it. And I'm like, they're like, I want to lose some weight. I'm like, you just need to adjust this. And they're like, what do you mean? I can't, I just chop out bread. <laughs> no. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's, it's yeah. always frustrating, but some people just, you just have to accept it's not their area of interest. So yeah. Do you think that you could have achieved what you have achieved without going through that? If you could have gone and talked to no. your talked to your past self, do you think you could have not isolated yourself so much? No, everything. I I I I don't know if this is narcissism, but I think every single thing I've done in my life has either be because it's been calculated, and at the time I thought it was the right decision, mm-hmm. or I went with my gut, right? So like everything I've done in my life, I, I had to do. So um, there is right now in this prep some degree of isolation. Yeah. And it's not because I'm isolating myself, but it's only because I'm not on, just no one's on my program, you know, and it's totally, and it's totally understandable, you know? So um, I tried, to, I've been, I've been, I've been doing different things this time around though, right? I've been trying to make sure that like I take at least one day off a week, and I just do something just to fit in and feel like I'm not so removed from society. So like sometimes on Friday, I'll go to the pier or I'll go to the beach or I'll go on a hike and you'll see people who are like, oh, I like doing this too on Friday, like something, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm not so far removed from society. Um, So like I said, it's something that still includes me in the world, but it's also something that uh, at the same time still adds to my goal in escapism right so i'm not i'm not totally off track so yeah and is there any other kind of things that you've done differently this time around in your prep to other times like actual don't know nutritional strategies that are slightly different that allow for it to be more comfortable or even training strategies um anything there that's different or is it all the same it's more just that experience it's different my it's different because i'm i'm older uh i'm I have to eat a lot less than I remember eating, right? But you hear, but you hear that about people just with with anyone in age, right? It's just, it's just your metabolism is not the same as it was when you were twenty three, and it's like I'm thirty years old, right? It's like I can't believe how much it's changed. So, so uh-huh. some of those things, so some of those things have changed uh, in the physiological aspect, right? Like I can't, I can't do the same things because of nags and injuries, um, yeah. but that's just that's just that that's just like any any sport for any athlete over time um but i would say everything has been it feels it just feels less intense honestly just mentally i think i used to want to compete with people i wanted to prove the people that i was good and i did obviously like i wanted to prove what i was and i just really feel like i have nothing to prove this time around um and I, I don't know, it sounds cheesy, but it really feels like I just have a real fear that I can't beat my younger self. Right. And that's 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 the thing that's driving me right now, I'd say, during this prep. It's like, dude, that kid was hard to beat. Like, I'm not going to lie. And I know the shit he did to be that good. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, can I... Uh, can I beat? Can I beat him? I don't I honestly don't know. I honestly don't know. But I'm going to try my best, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean... Yeah, I mean, I got nothing to lose. I'm just going for it, and the work is still hard. I'm just still it's it's all the same. I'm just not, yeah. So, 
That's interesting. And I know you even had a, a good video as well on kind of self-sabotage and kind of oh, yeah. worrying about things and getting in the way of yourself. Um, you've kind of talked about how you, I think your approach is really good in that you look at your past self and you think, well, that was really good. I want to beat that. Whereas other people, they're almost like, I did that well then. Maybe like, oh, I'll just eat a little bit more now because maybe I won't actually compete because I probably right. won't do it as well. Self-sabotage. Um, yeah, I'd love to hear about kind of how you make sure in your mind that you make that a positive rather than a negative. Yeah. So I uh, so a little a little background. On this there's this guy. Ah, man, I should. I I wish I know. His name is uh. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess his name. I think his name is like Robert Sapolsky or something. He's a. I may be way wrong on his name, but he's a um, psychologist. Uh, a, a professor of psychology, I forgot which university, but uh, he, he puts out this, he has this great lecture on decision making and he starts uh, on why you may make a decision from uh, the hundredth or like the hundredth of a second before what happened and he breaks it down slowly to like millions of years ago, like what influenced these decisions. And so obviously millions of years ago it was like the ethnic group you came from how aggressive were they hunt and stuff like that and he keeps boiling it down to nurture how you were raised and then one thing that he mentions is that like in the hundredth of a second like what is largely genetic um is the way your amygdala your lizard brain works right so how was so i was in a store yesterday a grocery store yesterday um and I, I saw this woman like dude this sounds this sounds insane so <laughs> i live i live in um Redondo Beach and up next next to where I live is a city called Hermosa Beach. Statistically, Hermosa Beach is like just white. It's just like all white people. Like it's just like all rich white people. So I was in the store in Hermosa, uh, and then I'm literally looking at low fat feta cheese options <laughs> for like five minutes. Like just like trying to figure out which one I want. <laughs> and then I turn around, uh, and then there's this elder She's at least 65 years old, Korean woman. And she's just like staring at me dead in my eyes. And dude, I turn around and I lit, like, I almost punched her. Like, <laughs> I almost punched her, dude. And I was just like, whew. And like, I, I caught myself, right? And so like, I was like, I wonder if she saw the fear in my eyes for like that small second. So the way this dude, Sapolsky, would explain this is that my frontal lobe, processes things in one tenth of a second and my fear response processes things in one one hundredth of a second so my fear is just much quicker yeah. to make a decision than my logic can can make a decision just just a time thing right um and then on top of that i just train so my blood sugar was low yeah. and i was hungry and i'm more prone to be aggressive in that state um and so like i look at that whole picture and i just think that like our fear is literally quick. It's just fast, right? So like when you talk about self-sabotage, you may not even catch it. Yeah. Like it may it may be from a part of your lower brain that is coming up with an idea so fast that you didn't even get a chance to logic through it. Um, so you may see something and it may be like, can I beat that person from last, from last year? And before you even get to think about it, you just get a knee-jerk visceral response from all of those factors that could have been right mm -hmm. from so you you are fighting largely a brain 
that processes fear quickly and how you're genetically predisposed to fight that. And then depending on, are you hungry? Did you get an argument this morning? Right. Did you sleep? Like how did you like, there's so many factors that go into fear that determine will you self-sabotage in this moment? So for me, I think, I don't know why, but I must have like the biggest amount of fear. Like, dude, everything for me is scary, right? <laughs> like getting out of bed is scary. It's like, oh. like I literally, I self-sabotage everything. So I've had to literally learn how to like f- figure out who gets a vote, right? So every time mm-hmm. I hear myself say something fearful, I hear it and I'm like, yeah, but you don't get the vote for the Ryan machine, right? And so like the only thing that gets to put its vote the only like this isn't a democracy right fear doesn't get a vote right like like that no you don't like the only thing that gets to rule this thing is my logic so i literally have trained myself to go through these responses these knee-jerk responses of fear and i don't know and i go through them and then i catch myself maybe five seconds later and i'm like shut shut the fuck up you don't know what you're talking about right and so i think it's that fast and i think people think self-sabotage is like something bigger than that and i just think you just don't realize how quickly on a on a on a neurological level self-sabotage can happen and until you're aware of that until your higher brain can catch your lower brain right it's like a if you put your hand it's it's like anything it's the same system if you put your hand on a hot stove or if you have to throw up right like you don't make that decision it, it's 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 quick so um i've literally when it comes to self-sabotage observe myself throughout the day um and i just i assign a voice to be its boss that voice is my is my mom in my head i don't i just that's just what i picked right i just picked literally my mother's voice to be the one to say ryan shut up or ryan you're come on right and so it, it works i don't know yeah. why um but that's my system. And then I will say this. It never gets better. Every dude, oh, fuck, come on. I'm just waiting for this thing to get better. Every day, self-sabotage never sleeps. Every day, every day, dude. It never goes away. It will never go away. So it's like my full-time job every day. Oh, it's like that dude who fucking uh, watches Asgard from the fucking, like, you know, <laughs> on the watch. Like, he, he, is, he never takes, he never chills. Like, he's always on watch. So... That's how I feel for self-sabotage. I feel like it's something that it needs to be policed 24-7 because it's never automatic. Yeah. And you always got to catch it when it comes and throw it in the in the trash bin every single time. So, No, I like that. And it actually really reminds me of like procrastination. I know for myself, like Instagram is like self-sabotage for me. I know I can <laughs> like if I just want to... It- you know chill my brain and feel good i'll just be like oh stop work for a bit i'll go on instagram it's like no i need to not do that but it happens (laughs) every single day it does does, man and and so i think in 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 turn it's good that people like you and and me are putting out content because i think about instagram a lot because i know it's where people go to escape and waste their brain space so i'm like all right if you're gonna waste your brain space on me at least at least let me help you a little bit in that time. And so that's why I refuse to put out, I mean, yeah, gimmick content. Just shredding you know. pics because you could. <laughs> I, dude, I could, I could dominate that shit. Like, <laughs> if people want to go off just the physiques, no shirt, all, dude, I would, like, I would be one of the best. But I'm like, you know what? Let me just actually try to, try to help these people try to help you right you know but if people just want to escape their escapism of of downtime that's that's fine too there's nothing wrong with that but 
um, I appreciate your time. So I try not to waste it with anything I put out. So I actually think, I mean, you actually really could and it's credit to you for not putting out that sort of content um, just as a side note. And I, another way I can see it is not just the procrastination, not just like the, the contest prep relation, but even in the gym and whether or not it's like a 200 kilo squat, for example, and you've just got that in your head that you can't do it and people get in the, in the way of themselves. And I feel like some people, if you didn't tell them the weight on the bar, they'd get, be better with it. And right. yeah. I think it's like that working hard and especially for the like contest prep, when you're more advanced as a lifter to make those pushes to advance, they are really hard. And I think the body does make some subconscious decisions sometimes that stops people even going there. And I think your relation to making it genetic is very interesting because I think there are people that can go there. And in fact, mm -hmm. I feel like that was a They're quote dumb. from you. They're just dumb. They're dumb. <laughs> They're just dumb. That was like something I, from you back in the day. I, go there, I, wasn't it? Go. No, actually, I got that originally from Birdo. He said it like one time and it just resonated so much with me and like dude like don't, i'm not like talking bad about birdo but if you've ever watched birdo lift he can just blank out his he's like he can go dumb he's a smart <laughs> dude but when it comes to lifting he can just like dirt face and he's just like in it and so like people who are cerebral i notice so i mean i guess on a on a on a like on a on a life level if you have more fear chances are you your group will genetically survive more right it is the dumb person yeah. who die walking off a cliff that feels no fear but that dumb person will also be like ah oh, fuck it man throw on throw 450 throw 450 <laughs> kilos on you know what i mean like he'll just walk up and, and do it no fear and so it's like uh there's this mix between being just smart enough yeah. and being just dumb enough as an as an athlete because if you look at people who play um rugby or yeah. Dude, they're stupid. You have to be. You have to be very unaware of how your spine works to do that, right? And in that moment, you just have to be dumb. So that's what I like about go there. Just yeah, go and die, and just see what happens, right? And you may come out successful, or you may come out broken. So, and I guess I mean the best natural bodybuilders like Berto yourself, like to get into the condition you guys get into, you have to go dumb. Like it's stupid. not clever stupid. to go there. <laughs> No, like, dude, I am so unbelievably dumb. Like, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Like, I literally, and that's why it's so hard for me to do a prep frequently. I can't yeah. do it yearly. Like, I need, because I feel like I lose my intelligence, to yeah. be honest with you. I feel like a part of me is lost. And I think the thing I appreciate about myself the most is my brain. And if I didn't, and if I didn't have some type of higher intelligence to be in tune with things i would probably be the greatest fucking natural body but honestly i probably would do drugs so i'd be i literally wouldn't think about it right yeah. like i would just probably just go for it like, i'd probably just go for it and say who gives a fuck so um yeah man be done it's the way to go <laughs> no i think uh, we've had a fantastic chat and i want to thank you massively for your time and i'm sure it's gonna maybe develop a lot of questions and discussion so i might have to get you back on ryan if if you would give us more of your time um but sure. i think we've had a, it just gives a slight insight into the kind of philosophical mind that you have and i think it's brilliant and i definitely want to refer people to your youtube channel and your instagram which will be linked below but if anyone wants to kind of find more about you ryan where should they head 
Yeah. So my uh, my easiest things are my social media. So my YouTube, Instagram, everything is under the Natty Pro. That's just literally how it sounds, the Natty Pro. Um, my website is FortisEQ.com. So FortisEQ is basically the project that I'm putting together, um, but I'm doing it via the style of content on those platforms. And it kind of explains why I'm doing this. So um, for me, philosophy isn't just about sounding deep or uh, trying to trying to just sound highbrow. For me, philosophy is understanding, right? If you can understand something, morale is higher. If a soldier knows why he has a fight, he will fight yeah. more proudly. And so for me, I feel that all we really have in this industry is scientific fact of how and how, why to go about things um, in a belief system and why you're doing this when it goes against your logic, when you're starving, right? And so I believe if you can have the highest amount of science, which a lot of great people are doing, um, why I'm not in that side because they're doing phenomenal. And then there's a huge philosophy side with people like me are doing, Bryce are doing, um, and just, just a lot of good cerebral lifters are doing. And I feel like the more people can understand the philosophy of this sport and us and why we do this thing as athletes, um, the less fear you have under like knowledge is power, right? So the more, you know, the better you do. So I'm basically dedicating four to CQ that project. It's a thought project to tackling as many of those issues weekly as I can on a big scale through videos on a small scale through a daily post. Um, so yeah, it's, it's quite a journey. So go binge, go binge, read my posts and go binge, watch my videos. So, no, I think as a coach and coaching people online, like I see the science side, I think a lot of people see that. And the side that doesn't get seen that is huge in what I do is that philosophical, Oops. cerebral side. Um, so your videos are incredibly helpful. And I think for any coaches watching it, likewise for clients or athletes themselves, yeah, they're, they're a goldmine really. Yep. Yep. And I, and I would say to any coaches, uh, one, I can't do this alone. So if, if you are interested in something like this, I highly suggest you start your own, uh, kind of project, philosophical project. And I, I, I think you can't just yell at people to go harder or go faster or go stronger. I think people need to actually understand why they need to do that. A lot of people do. A lot of people just can't accept that offhand. So, um, if you can explain to someone what the definition of, uh, never quit is then maybe they won't quit if they understand. So awesome. No, I want to thank you again, Ryan, and thank all the listeners for kind of staying tuned and we'll talk to you soon.